Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here today. Uh, thank you also to those of you who are joining us uh, in our parking lot over our uh, radio broadcast, as well as those who will listen to this later um, on our podcast or our call-in number. Um, we got a bunch of stuff to tell you about, so I'm going to kick it over to our liturgist, and she's going to fill you in on a bunch of fun stuff. Good morning, church family. How is everyone today? Good. Good to hear. Well, I am Leslie, for those of you who haven't met me yet. Uh, so just a couple of announcements. As far as our bottle caps go, if you did receive the email, we think we have enough. So that's awesome. Uh, so no need to continue saving at the moment. We will announce if we need a, a little bit more at a later point, though. Our October food pantry that is coming up, I believe it's the 11th. Yes. Um, there's a few things that we are still in need of that if you could bring them either to the church or to Phyllis's home, uh, that would be great. So there's the items listed there in the bulletin for you. The Clinton Band Boosters, every, I think it's every year or every couple of years, they try to do a really big Disney trip. Um, unfortunately, with some of the recent events, um, they're a little bit short on, on money. So if there's any way that anyone could help support the Clinton Band Boosters to help make those kids go to Disney this year, that would be great. We are also looking for help for our local veterans. Um, if you would like to donate um, signature sewing in downtown Clinton, they're taking collections right now. They're looking for individually wrapped food items, $5 gift cards uh, to any fast food restaurants, crossword puzzles, um, clothing items, things of that nature. That would be great. Our annual Crop Hunger Walk, that is today at 1 p.m., and it starts at the Tecumseh High School. Did anybody sign up for that? Okay, no one will be representing our church then today. <laughs> Hopefully next year. Kitchen cleaning. David is trying to organize a deep cleaning for our kitchen, especially with the harvest dinner coming up, uh, as well as our annual inspection. So if you're available on October 7th from 9 to 11 in the morning, please lend a hand. That would be great. Our pop cans and bottles we are still collecting those just not the lids uh, the pop cans put them in the choir room uh, as it has been here in the past uh, cookbook we're still looking for recipes cleaning help we are still looking for people if they can, if you guys can come in and just help do some of the daily cleaning weekly cleaning and then we're still have we still have two tables from the um, the rummage sale, yes, thank you, out in the hallway. So please, please make sure if those are yours or not. Um, the Catherine Cobb Safe House, they are looking for painters. If you're a good painter, even mediocre painter, heck, even if you're not that great of a painter, that's okay. They just need some help. So if you can volunteer some time, I know they would greatly appreciate that. Our squash prep for the harvest dinner, that is coming up on Wednesday. This coming Wednesday at 10 a.m. If anyone can help with this, I know the ladies would love some extra help. And if you have an Instapot, make sure you bring that too. It'll help expedite things a little bit. And then let's see here. How many little ones do we have here today? Two? 
too. Emma and Olivia. There's a couple a out there, too. A couple too. more outside, too. Great. Okay. Well, if you guys, on your way out from church today, make sure you take home a pumpkin. We have a little pumpkin by the front door, so make sure you grab one to take home. All right. Some upcoming events. We already talked about some of these. We do have the squash prep, October 6th, October 7th. We have the kitchen cleanup. Uh, pastor Appreciation Day is October 10th. I know I appreciate my pastor. Uh, so make sure you guys come and appreciate Pastor here in person next Sunday on October 10th. All right. I think Pastor switched up the order of service a little bit again on us. He's keeping us on our toes here. So please stand and join me in our first hymn, Here I Am, Lord, found on page 593.
my heart. You may be seated. Please join me in our call to worship. God lifts us from death to life. And preserves us for God's purposes. Through the compassion of Jesus Christ our Lord. And guidance of the Holy Spirit. With thanksgiving, praise the Lord. With love and grace, spread the good news. Please join me in our opening prayer. Son of God, you walk on the waters of turmoil to meet us in the midst of your purpose journey for our lives. Help us to recognize your presence, remember your purpose, rely on your power, and receive your peace through every storm. Amen. Amen. And we'll continue with our affirmation of faith. We believe in one God, master builder of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was assembled in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose from the dead, complete in his construction, ascended into heaven, and sits at God's right hand. He will return again to judge those living and those who have died. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the universal church of believers across this creation, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand again and join us for our second hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, found on page 127. Songs of praises, songs of praises. 
give to thee, I will ever give to thee. You may be seated, and if you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. God of our present trouble and promised triumph, open our eyes to see you in the midst of our struggles. Open our ears to hear your words of invitation and assurance. Open our minds to recall your wonderful works and miracles. Open our hearts to glory in your name and seek strength in your word. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalms chapter 85, verses 8 through 13. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks Thanks be to God. God. Let us confess our sins to the Lord of all, who is generous to all who call upon him. If you would join me in our prayer of confession. Lord Jesus, we call upon you. Save us. We are intimidated by our circumstances, distracted from your purposes, drowning in doubt and fears. We are presumptuous about your will, belittling others and magnifying ourselves. We envy the blessings of others, secretly despising their dreams. We have hardened our hearts to the suffering of our brothers and sisters, feeding ourselves in face of the injustice that holds them captive. Lord Jesus, who searches our hearts, lift us from sin and help us to walk with you in faith, humility, and brotherly, sisterly love. Amen. Please take a moment now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, our God sees all, knows all, forgives all, restores all through our Lord Jesus Christ. No one who believes in him will be put to shame, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Christ has freely given us the gift of grace and salvation. Let us therefore freely bring our generous gifts of gratitude to him.
give thanks to you, O Lord, for your sustaining presence and abundant grace. Receive now these gifts we bring to you out of your generous provision in our lives. May they be used to satisfy the hungry and famine, relieve the oppressed in time of trouble, and proclaim everywhere the good news of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. It is now time for our youth moment. I would like to invite all of our children and youth to come grab a seat up here in one of these. way how are you guys doing yes it, it'll it'll be okay don't worry yes I know where Miss Kelly is don't worry she's here all right so It's October. You guys are in school. You're learning stuff. And I bet when you get home from school, you still like to play, right? You guys still like to play? You're not too grown up for that? You don't like to play anymore? Okay, we'll get rid of all your toys then. Okay, yes. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. Gotcha. When I was younger, one of my favorite things to play with were Legos. Do you guys like Legos? Yeah. Or building blocks, yeah? Okay, so, uh, I, I, not right now, you need to sit in your chair. Okay, so, one of the things that I'm going to talk about with the adults later is how our faith can kind of be like Legos, like building blocks. Because when you first came to church the very first time, did you already know everything about Jesus and about God? You did? Okay. Well, I'm guessing somebody taught you about some of that stuff, whether it was your mom or dad or your grandma or grandpa or your Sunday school teachers um, or even uh, the pastor who might have been here when that was your first time, whether it was Pastor Robert or somebody else. And so one of the cool things about our faith is we start with, with a little bit. And hopefully over time, our faith gets bigger because God keeps giving us new pieces to add to it, kind of like building blocks. So what we're going to do for this month is something kind of special and kind of cool. 
okay, just hold on. Now, I had tried to come up with a good way to do this, um, and I'm not sure I still have a good way to do this, but we're going to do our best. Um, so what I need is one helper. Um, you get to be a helper another day, I promise. Okay, what I need you to do is come over here, and I need you to pass these out to uh, all, the, all the kids up here. Um, okay, shh, don't spoil it. Okay, I got more. Okay, so these, they're not real Legos, but they're kind of like Legos. What we're going to do is every week we're going to talk about two new building blocks of faith. There's 10 in here, so it'll cover the whole month. Now, originally I thought that I would have you guys take these and keep them here so you wouldn't have to worry about losing them or bringing them back. And I didn't think through a good way to do that. So I'm going to say go ahead and take them home with you if you want. And if you forget to bring them next week, don't worry. I've got a whole lot more here. Or if you lose a piece, we've got more, okay? So don't worry. But what we're going to do is talk about about two blocks every week. And you can pick whichever two blocks you want those to be that we're talking about. Yes? Absolutely. Here, you can take this one. Yes? Can I what? Yes, yes, absolutely. And yeah, if anybody comes next week, we will give them a set. Don't worry. Nobody's going to get left out. Yes. Okay, just hold on. Hands down. Okay. So today I want to talk to you about two building blocks, trust and bravery. Do you guys know what the word bravery or brave means? Okay, so it, being brave can be when there's a time that maybe you're scared, but you still do what you need to do. Um, and sometimes somebody can help you be brave. God is always around to help us be brave. Sometimes it might be an adult or a friend. Um, okay, D, I need you to just give me a second, all right? I got to get through everything, okay? What do you want to say? This is the last time you can raise your hand this morning. Okay, just hold on. All right, so can you guys think of a time maybe you, you felt like you were brave? You did something that maybe was a little bit scary, but a friend or God or someone who you love helped you to be brave and go ahead and do it anyway? I know that I have some friends who are pastors, um, and they're what are sometimes referred to as introverts. And what that means is that they, um, they sometimes like spending time by themselves. Um, that's how they rest and get, you know, re-energized. And for some of them, talking in front of a big group of people, 
like a church on Sunday can be very scary. But the Holy Spirit's with them and helps them to be brave so they can still give their message and stuff on Sundays. What about trust? Go ahead. Yes, that could be a brave thing to do, to go into a pool if you're a little bit scared of the water. But we're talking about trust now. Yes. Okay, so if... If somebody lets you look at or play with their toy, they trust you to take care of it and not and not break it. Yeah, that's a good uh, good uh, good example. Sometimes it can be hard to trust uh, trust people we don't know, um, and sometimes we need to be careful about trusting people we don't know because there are are strangers in the world who may not have our best interest at heart, but the one always, there's always someone you can trust. Do you guys know who that is? Well, I hope you can always trust me, but there's someone even more so than me. What are you thinking? Jesus, absolutely. We can always trust Jesus because Jesus loves us and Jesus did a lot to save us. Let's put our hands down for right now, okay? And let's not hit ourselves with our, our bricks. Okay. So those are our two building blocks for this week. Trust and bravery. And you can make those be any two bricks you want. Um, if you want, you can even write those words on your bricks. Um, you may need an adult to help you depending on uh, what you're going to write with. I'm not sure what will we'll write and stay on those bricks because they're plastic. Yes. Yeah, I'm think that's what I was thinking, a Sharpie. So um, so I want you guys to take those home. If you can remember to bring them back next week, that's awesome. If you forget, don't worry. I've got a whole bunch more here. Um, and I want you to now uh, get ready to go to Sunday school. We're not going to do the Lord's Prayer right now because we're going to do it during communion. So... Um, it is time for Sunday school, and I see at least one Sunday school teacher, and I think I see another one. I'm not sure. We will figure that out. Also, don't forget, you guys can have a sucker. Um, and I, I see Sunday school teachers out in the narthex, so Oh, and don't, well, we'll do the pumpkin on the way out of church, I think. Yes, there are pumpkins you can have when, when we leave church. And again, reminder as always, we are all children of God, so you all can come up on a Sunday when we do this and get your set of bricks. I'm sorry? No, I said the bricks. You, they can get suckers, too, Oh, though. no, I was, I'm, I was implying for you for a sucker. Oh, no, I, no I'm good.
If you would all join me now in an attitude of prayer. God of favor and purpose, you have clothed us with a robe of righteousness. You have directed us to our destiny. You are with us even in our deepest pain, fear, and bewilderment. You hear our cry when others turn a deaf ear and a cold heart. You lift us from the depths of discouragement and walk with us over troubled waters of life. We come to you now with confidence on behalf of the church, the world, and all in need. Save us, O Lord, we come to you. For the family of God, our sisters and brothers who belong to you throughout the world, save us, O Lord, we come to you. For your church to fulfill its mission in the world, showing mercy, proclaiming your good news. Save us, O Lord, we come to you. For peace and order to permeate your creation, responding to your commands. Save us, O Lord, we come to you. For reconciliation among families, factions, and nations living in envy and conflict. Save us, O Lord, we come to you. For those betrayed, beaten, thrown down, or abandoned, those in bondage, fear, or distress, save us, O Lord, we come to you. For the special needs of those whose names we remember now, including Jerry Eaton, who has bone cancer and is in need of our prayers. For Ramona Koss, who is in need of healing prayers after surgery. Continued prayers for Fred Bauman in recovery from his car accident. Continued prayers for Wilda and Paul Hawkins, for Wilda continue to heal and strength for Paul during this time. Continue to prayers of healing for Jacob, who had gallbladder surgery. For Diana, Surisa's sister, who is in kidney failure. For the family of Dee Warner, who is still missing since the end of April from her Tecumseh home. Prayers for Jan Smith, who is dealing with a fracture in her spine and hopeful for relief of her pain. Continue prayers for Nick after his ACL surgery, and also knowing he will need to have a second surgery at a later time. Prayers for Megan, who is dealing with sight issues and undergoing multiple tests. Continued prayers for the families of the two Clinton High School seniors who lost their lives in an automobile accident recently. Prayers for the family of the third senior boy who sustained life-threatening injuries, who has, was in a coma but has seemed to now come out of it, though there still may be a long path ahead of him. 
and prayers for the fourth senior who is now not only home recovering but been able to return to school. Prayers for Kate, who will be having major surgery in October. Continued prayers of healing for Rosemary, who is healing from her knee replacement surgery. Save us, O Lord, we come to you. For those who have crossed before us to the other side of life's lake, Save us, O Lord, we come to you. Clothe us with your favor and love. Inspire us with dreams from you. Hold us up when we falter in the storm and bring us safely to your promised place of rest and release. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our second scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 10. Verses 5 through 15. Salvation is for all. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or, Who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord for all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please stand as we sing our next hymn. How Firm a Foundation, found on page 529.
seated. Our third scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel of Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33. This section of the text is titled Jesus walks on the water. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Awesome God, you provide us with the building blocks for life, faith, love, and grace. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to teach us about these many blocks and opened our eyes to where they are all around us. You then sent the Holy Spirit into the world to help us to assemble these blocks 
into new and meaningful creations that are reflections of your love and mercy and grace. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to be starting our new sermon series for the month of October called The Gospel According to Lego. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, Legos? What can Legos teach us about the gospel or even just faith? How can a child's toy be relevant to this kind of discussion, this this theological dive that we do? Did Pastor hit his head on something really hard recently? Well, to answer that last one, no, I did not. At least, not that I remember. But I think over these next five weeks, you will be surprised at just how much we can learn from these simple plastic creations. In preparing for this series, I had been reading a book by Joey Bonifacio called The Lego Principle, The Power of Connecting to God and One Another. Mr. Bonifacio serves in the international Apostol- I can never get this word when I need to. Apostolic? Apostolic, thank you. <laughs> One day that part of my brain is going to function right. Apostolic team of Every Nation Ministries. Um, and what that is is a worldwide family of churches and ministries that works to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Now, I don't have an extensive knowledge of what this group does everywhere in their whole you know, picture, but the whole Christ-centered and spirit-empowered and socially responsible parts, to me, sound an awful lot like things that we claim and hold in our United Methodist faith and doctrines. For us to get a really full picture of just how our faith can be related to Legos, I want to give you some background on this creative little toy that has inspired so many people for so many generations. Ole Kirk Christensen was a carpenter living in Billund, Denmark. Now, he made household products uh, from wood, like stools, uh, Christmas tree bases, ironing boards, that kind of stuff. But in 1924, two of his sons were trying to light the oven in their home, which was connected to their workshop, and unfortunately ended up burning the house and the business completely to the ground. Now, thankfully, the children were all saved, no one perished. But Ole Kirk's business outlook was was really not shaping up so well. Then in 1932, the Great Depression hit the United States, and the ripple effect of all of what that meant here reached out even to Denmark and had effects in economies. Ole Kirk ended up letting his last employees go, and then his wife passed away soon after. 
At the age of 41, he was now left alone with four sons, which four children alone on your own, I can't imagine but four sons. Um, He didn't have enough orders for his products, and he now had a house after they rebuilt from the first fire that he may not be able to continue to afford. But something else happened in 1932. That was when Ole Kirk began making wooden toys, including yo-yos, wooden blocks, pull-along animals, and vehicles of all kinds. In a matter of only a few years, business was good again. And Ole Kirk continued to rebuild his business in his home. But then in 1942, another fire burned down this new factory, and all of their production patterns were lost. This was also during a time when Europe was facing an escalating world war, so both his home products and his toys were not exactly in demand. But after the Second World War, quality wood was in short supply. Unfortunately, that's what happens when Bombs fall from the sky on forests. But plastic was now beginning to dominate the world market. So in 1947, Ole Kirk bought a plastic injection molding machine, and he began to make Lego toys. Now, there is much more to the history of this company, and if you want to know more, I have several books I can recommend. We just don't have time to go through it all this morning. But there is something of note that I want you to know, and that is that Ole Kerr Christensen was a follower of Christ. Throughout all of his struggles, all of the heartbreak that he had endured before the breakthrough that would be the Lego Toy Company, it was his faith that kept him going. In fact... Early on, when the Lego company was still a small business, almost all of his employees would gather with him in the mornings before starting work and share together a short prayer. Now, you still may be wondering a little bit what a Lego toy has to do with faith. I want to jump into our third scripture reading for this morning. Again, we find Jesus out with the disciples And he sends them, after being with the crowds, into a boat to head to the other side of the lake while he dismisses the crowds. And then Jesus, all on his own by himself, he heads up on a mountain to pray while the boat that the disciples are in is continuing to move farther and farther away from the shore. The next morning, Jesus comes towards the boat walking on water. And it says in the text, the disciples saw him walking on the lake, and they were terrified, and they thought it was a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. I'll be honest, I can't really fault the disciples in this situation. I know that there are times in Scripture where it feels like the disciples are missing the point, that they're a little bit clueless to what Jesus is trying to tell them. But I think the reaction here is is fair and warranted. 
how would you react if you saw someone walking across the water in the middle of a lake? And it's Michigan. There's lots of lakes. I know you've all been at one at some point in your life. I'm guessing you probably wouldn't believe your eyes and you might be frightened. We have to remember that the disciples' fear wasn't a matter of unbelief, but rather they were seeing something so beyond their understanding of how the world works. I think they could have a similar reaction if someone were to drive up in a car or maybe walk up to them with an iPhone on a FaceTime call video chatting with someone. It is something so outside their understanding of what they know life to be and how life functions. So Jesus tells them, calm down. It's okay. It's me. And Peter, he says to him, Lord, if it's you, order me to come out onto the water and to come to you. And I got to say, that is one of the things about Peter that really impresses me. He seems to be one of the disciples who gets it a little bit quicker sometimes than the others. I'd like to think if I was in the same situation, I could say those same things and do those same things that he did, but I don't know. I've got a fear about drowning. I would imagine most people do, but I know mine is probably a little bit excessive. But Peter knows that if this really is Jesus, and if Jesus would tell him, come out and walk on the water towards me, he believes that Jesus would make the water be able to hold him up so that he could do that. And so Jesus tells him, come. And he does. Peter gets out of that boat and begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. That's amazing. So things are going really good for a couple seconds or so. Because as he's walking towards Jesus, we are told that Peter sees a strong wind and becomes frightened. And as he becomes frightened, he begins to sink into the water. And he shouts out to Jesus, Lord, rescue me, save me. Peter became scared about what that strong wind would do to him. He forgot in that moment that it was Jesus who was making the water hold him up so that he could walk across it. He forgot that that would likely mean that the wind wasn't going to be an issue for Jesus to take care of too. So Jesus reaches out immediately, it says, and grabs Peter and says to him, you man of weak faith, why did you doubt? And I'll be honest, I really think that was a rhetorical question because I think both Jesus and Peter really knew why. First off, Peter started out really well. 
He trusted Jesus and readily walked to him across the water. But then he felt that fear. That fear that we all feel when we are facing a situation that we can't control. It didn't matter that Jesus was allowing Peter to walk on water at this point because Peter saw those strong winds and his focus went solely to the fear that those winds would knock him over and cause him to drown. But secondly... We need to remember that Peter and the other disciples are still, they're still early in their faith in Jesus. It even says in the last verse that then those in the boat worshiped Jesus and said, you must be God's son. Now remember at the beginning of the story, it says Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. There's no mention of anyone else. And while it could be speculated that maybe there was someone else in the boat, a captain or someone to steer or row or whatever, you got to remember a lot of these disciples were fishermen. They probably knew how to make the boat work. So if it was just the disciples, and they are all saying, you must be the son of God, it shows that they, too, in this moment, are still building their faith in Jesus. Even though they had seen Jesus heal people, they've heard him preach, they have seen him calm the storm on the sea, which happened six chapters before this. Even with all of that, they are still working to build their faith. The message that Jesus was bringing was radical. And in those times, there had been many false messiahs. The Jewish people had been waiting for this promised messiah for a really, really long time. It wouldn't be unfair if some of them had become skeptical after such a long time and encountering these false messiahs in the past. But I don't think this should be a big surprise when we look at all of what was going on. Jesus was giving his disciples and the people that followed him all of these different pieces through his messages and his healing and miracles. And it takes some time to pull all those pieces together, start to form something, just like Legos. If you ever opened a new set of Legos or you've watched someone else do it, you'll find there are several plastic bags of little pieces and a set of directions. But even with those instructions, it still takes some time to put all those pieces together until you get to the expected completed piece. Now, I remember having sets that had a couple hundred pieces, maybe even up to a thousand or a little bit more. There are sets now, if you have ever seen in the stores or on commercials for the Lego Death Star, that 
I don't remember the exact number of pieces, but the box it comes in is about, so it takes some time. And with the disciples, Jesus was not only giving them pieces of faith, but he was also giving them instructions to follow. Now, sometimes they didn't understand exactly what Jesus meant, so it may have taken them a little bit longer to get things put together. There is another way that I believe that Legos and faith are very much alike. With Legos, you may finish putting the set together that you have based on the pictures and the instructions. But in my experience, it doesn't usually stay that way for very long unless you're using it solely as a display piece. You tend to change it up a little bit here and there. You may even break it apart completely and build something totally different. And if you have more Legos already in your collection, you're most likely going to be adding these new ones to that collection and build something completely different. With Legos, you're never really done building. And the same is true of faith. Just when we think we have put the whole thing together, we are given more pieces to add. Now, sometimes our faith changes in small ways, sometimes in big ways. As our life progresses and we learn more about God and things happen in our lives, there can be changes. Sometimes with faith, we may find ourselves in a situation where we need to tear it down completely and build something new. And when we share our faith with each other, we mix those pieces together to build something even bigger and better. Just like Legos. You know, when it comes to faith, we can't just hand someone a Bible and say, okay, you're a Christian now. Faith requires work. Yes, we have the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but we need to be active in all of this too. Faith is a lot like a box of Legos. We see what a completed picture might look like on the outside, but once we open it up and we start to build, we might build something that looks an awful lot like that, that picture we see, which might be someone else's faith. We might begin to model our own, in that same way. Or we might build something completely different. Each of us is different. Yes, our faiths share some commonalities. We share the belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, which is a big part of what makes us Christian. But we may not all picture Jesus the exact same way. We may not all share the exact same beliefs on how things are described in the Bible or how they are recorded as occurring. We may not all share the exact same feelings on many topics. But we are all building our faith. Where we run into trouble is when we stop building. Our faith is never fully complete. 
There is always something new every day that can help us in building our faith or restructuring part of it. I'm not saying every morning that you should wake up and tear your faith down to nothing and begin rebuilding. But when we stop building at all, and something else is going on. If we stop building our faith, does it mean that we are arrogant enough to believe that we are complete? Does it mean that we are struggling with our faith? Does it mean that we've given up on our faith? Those are all potential answers. The key, though, is to never stop building. We always, always must be willing to accept the new pieces of faith that we receive from God and the Holy Spirit and work to use them in the building of our faith. We may get a piece that we're going to look at and say, this doesn't fit anywhere with what I've got right now. Maybe you need to do some restructuring. Or it may be a piece that you're like, this is perfect. I've been waiting for this. This fits right here. It, oh, it's just beautiful. But think about this for a few moments with me. If you were to take 10 identical boxes of Legos with no instructions, no pictures, and you give them to 10 different children, or adults, doesn't matter, and you tell them, you go build whatever you want. You're going to go by yourself in this space. You can't see what anyone else is doing. Just go build something. What do you think is going to happen? I can tell you that pretty likely you're going to get 10 very different creations. Even if all the pieces are the same, the likelihood of you seeing any real repetition among those 10 is pretty minimal. Just like faith. It was the faith of Ole Kirk Christensen that got him through those tough times, a faith that he had to continue to build on, just like all of us. This man saw his home and his business destroyed not once, but twice. He lived through a period of time that included a world war and a Great Depression, as some of you may have or people related to you did. He lost his wife at 41 I'm close enough to that age to think about what that would look like. And I can say that my faith would be shaken. I definitely have some rebuilding to do. But Ole Kirk was a Christian he had a strong faith. He continued on, continued to build both in the real world and in his heart, in his faith, in his soul. And I pray that we all will be willing to listen and willingly accept those new pieces that God hands to us. They may not always make sense right in the first moments, it may take you time to find a way 
for that piece to fit in. But there's an intention that God has in giving us those pieces. Amen. If you would please turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way also... When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Body of Christ does not want to come out. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. What that means is that at least during what we would call normal time, which we will hopefully get back to soon. I'd be doing this all from that table. And that table doesn't belong to me or even to this church. It belongs to Jesus, and Jesus has welcomed everyone. You don't need to be a member of this church or a United Methodist or even a member of any other denomination It doesn't matter your race, your age, your gender, your mental or physical ability, your financial holdings, your sexual identity, whether you're old or young, baptized or unbaptized, all those ways that we always try and divide ourselves up. That's not how it works with Jesus. He sees us all equally as beloved children of God. All he asks for you to partake in this this meal, the sacrament, is to come with an open heart. Now this morning as we prepare to celebrate, you can do this one of two ways, assuming you've been able to open all of your elements. You can take the bread and eat it and then drink the juice. That is absolutely acceptable. Or you can do what is called intinction, which is a really big word that means you take the bread and you dip it in the juice, and then you receive the elements together. That is also completely acceptable, not only in the eyes of the church, but in the eyes of God. Brothers and sisters, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you for the salvation of the world, I invite you now to receive the elements. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may now go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others 
In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing song, our praise song this morning, as I mentioned last week or maybe a week before that, um, is something that hopefully will be a little bit easier to sing along with. Uh, this is a song called Mighty to Save, and the version we are hearing is by the Maranatha Praise Band. Um, and beginning in January in the new year, we will pick one song that we will utilize throughout the entire month so we'll have a chance to sing it and get to know it. But I'd still like to let you hear a couple different ones uh, for this month and the end of the year. So uh, I invite you to sing along, whether you remain seated or stand, get up and dance, however the spirit may be moving in you this morning. Um, and please, as always, uh, read through the words uh, for the message that we might find here.
Beloved children of the Most High God, the word of faith is near you on your lips and in your heart. How shall others hear unless you proclaim it? Go now in the generous grace and favor of our God. How beautiful are the feet of you who bring good news. May the generous blessing and favor of our loving, abundant God lift you, sustain you, and send you to the world with a gift of life. Amen.